I could count on two hands how many times I went to church before I was 15. And uh, we just, we just didn't, we didn't grow up that way at all. I just, I didn't hear the gospel growing up as a kid. And I was that kid that all my friends were trying to invite to youth group. And I kept on saying, no, like I got better <laughs> no, things man, to do. No, man, that sounds lame. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah. I just kept on denying that. And eventually one of the times I, I said yes and, and praise God, I said yes, because that was the night that I actually heard the gospel and mm. I decided to follow Christ. And from that point on, like got plugged into a youth group where all my friends were at, I had a youth pastor there who loved me, discipled me. Just thinking back, my youth pastor, my junior year, he like met with me every single week just to talk about the Bible. Cause I had no context of mm. the Bible at all. Yeah. Like I knew Jesus Probably David and Moses, and that was about it. But he answered all the dumb questions I had, the good questions I had, and just taught me how to be a godly man. And, and we need student ministry because there's students like that. There's that students is. that don't have that family dynamic, and we need to be on the front lines and give them a place to belong as they walk through some of life's biggest questions and trials. Welcome to the Stream Roots Podcast, where you'll learn how God's unchanging truth can be applied in our ever-changing world. Through conversations with pastors and ministry leaders, you'll be encouraged, equipped, and challenged in your walk with Christ. Stream Roots is designed for pastors and leaders in the church, but is helpful for all people. And now your host, Pastor Mark Pospisil. Great to have you join us for this episode of Stream Roots on why youth ministry matters. With me is my friend and producer of Stream Roots, John Blosser. John? Hey. How was church yesterday? It was good. Yesterday was a good day. It was really nice. I had a great worship team. Not that any of my other worship teams are less than great, but I don't know. We were just firing on all cylinders yesterday. Things were things were good. Oh, I liked great. it. Awesome. Yeah, we had an awesome Lord's Day as well. That's good. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, that was great. All right, we have with us a special guest named Pastor Josh Rozak. Josh, glad you're here. Glad to be here. Thanks tell for having me. Yeah. You tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, like Mark said, my name is Josh Rozek. I am the student pastor here at the Lakes Church in Waterford. I work with Mark, work for Mark. He's a great boss. And uh, just really Thank excited you. to be here on the podcast. I get to Gosh. see you guys. I know. Brownie points, right? I know, right? In studio. We were Last week at Kelsey in studio. Yeah. And yeah. Josh is in studio as well. Two yeah. in a row. That's right. Yeah, just really honored to be here. Um, I have been in full-time and part-time youth pastor roles for about six to seven years now. Um, I'm married. I married up. My wife, Mackenzie, we've been married for almost four years uh, and just been awesome to see not only in our marriage, but also what the Lord's done through her in youth ministry and just some of the stuff like that. And this fall, things got really interesting. We welcomed into our into the world our two beautiful twin daughters, uh, Nora and Emerson, and that has made things in youth ministry interesting, but also very fun. <laughs> On Thursday nights here at Youth Group, you might see my wife have one of the kids strapped to her chest and holding the other kid while talking to seven or eight high school girls. So she is a trooper, but... Yeah, we've been here for about a year and a half, uh, almost two years, and we're just loving it up here at the lakes. It's just an awesome area, awesome church, awesome students. So, yeah, just glad to be here with you guys. Yeah, that's awesome. And you have an endless supply of babysitters at your disposal. I do. <laughs> I, I trust some of them. They're, exactly. Other ones I don't exactly. trust, that's for sure. But <laughs> Very wise. <laughs> yep. Good. Well, we're glad you're here, Josh, for this episode. I love working with you. 
And uh, we're going to do scripture reading from the book of Judges. Uh, not a lot of people preach over Judges, but Judges chapter 2, verse 7 to 12, says this. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great work that the Lord had done for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110 years old. And they buried him within the boundaries of his inheritance in Timnath, Harris, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of the mountain of Gesh. And all that generation also were gathered to their fathers. And there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. And they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. They went after other gods from among the gods of the peoples who were around them and bowed down to them. And they provoked the Lord to anger. The scripture shows us there's a huge need for discipleship in our youth and children. It also shows us there can be a huge disconnect between generations. If you think about the book of Joshua, it was pretty much all victory by faith. Then one generation, the next generation, completely abandoned and forgot about the Lord and did not know who he was or his redeeming acts. How does that happen? And what can we do about it? How does youth ministry help reach the next generation with the gospel? Why does youth ministry matter? How can churches start and support these youth ministries? These are important questions to ask and answer because we are just one generation away from abandoning the Lord. And this is why Josh is here to discuss this important topic. Josh, question for you. Why does youth ministry matter in our churches today? What is the significance of it? Yeah, thanks, Mark. That's a a great question. And to, to sum it all up to the basics of it is student ministry should matter to us because the next generation of students matter to God. Uh, And if students matter to God, then the student ministry itself matters to God. And and to be clear, to be honest, there's a lot of debate on youth ministry, on student ministry, and whether it's biblical, if it's unbiblical. And if you were to open up your YouVersion app, look on your phone in the Bible, and you did a little keyword search, and you looked up youth group or youth minister or youth pastor, nothing's going to come up. There's nothing in 2 Timothy talking about how to be a youth pastor or how to run a a youth ministry. Um, so in, in a sense, it's it's not talked about in the Bible, but we don't believe that it's unbiblical because uh, God cares for the next generation. There, there's such talk in the Bible about the importance of the upcoming generation. I mean, we look in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 6, God gives this great command. I think it's called the Shema. Is that the Shema? Yeah. Um, how we should love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all our soul, and with all our might. And then he says in the next verse, teach these things to your children diligently. And then later on it says, so that they don't forget that the Lord brought you out of Egypt. It's just such an important reminder. Hey, teach these things to your children. It's so important. Uh, Not only in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, we see in the life of Christ Um, Jesus talks about Matthew chapter 19, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Jesus welcoming the children, welcoming the next generation in. And also we see in the Bible, the repercussions when we don't invest in the next generation and that, that passage in Judges chapter two, uh, that you read that this generation came and grew up and they didn't know the Lord. And there's always a quote that you say that always stuck with me. 
mark is what one generation assumes the next generation will forget. Did I botch that? Uh, yeah, D.A. Carson. You didn't oh, botch it, though. You didn't okay. botch it. Yeah, well, one assumes the next forgets, and, and then the other the next one can deny. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, so we're just one generation away of losing that. Yeah, and, and we are one generation from that. Like, we, we need to invest. We we all have a sphere of influence with the next generation of of students, but leaders in the church that we need to steward well, because students are facing so many things nowadays. So many things are being thrown at them, and student ministry can be an empowering force to help students find Jesus, to grow in their faith, and to empower their faith. And and we know that the family is kind of the driving force. I, I know you guys talked about that a couple of weeks ago on the podcast of family discipleship. Like that's the main tool God uses to disciple people. So true. But student ministry is another avenue where a child's getting poured into. I think it's so important when there's another adult volunteer, someone a part of the church that isn't your parent that's pouring into you. And I'm hoping and praying that for my family, because it's it's just another person, another avenue, another uh, realm of, of resources that are, are out there for uh, them to disciple and teach them to love Jesus more. And lastly why student ministry is so important, so significant, is because not every kid has that godly family dynamic where mom and dad love Jesus and serve in the church and are faithful mm. in the church. Uh, and that's kind of part of my story. I, I didn't grow up in the church at all. Um, I, I could count on two hands how many times I went to church before I was 15. And uh, we just we just didn't we didn't grow up that way at all. I just, I didn't hear the gospel growing up as a kid. And I was that kid that all my friends were trying to invite to youth group. And I kept on saying, no, like I got better <laughs> no, things man, that to sounds do. Lame. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah. I just kept on denying that. And eventually one of the times I, I said yes and, and praise God, I said yes, because that was the night that I actually heard the gospel and mm. I decided to follow Christ. And from that point on, like got plugged into a youth group where all my friends were at, I had a youth pastor there who loved me, discipled me. Just thinking back, my youth pastor, my junior year, he like met with me every single week just to talk about the Bible because I had no context of mm. the Bible at all. Yeah. Like I knew Jesus, right, David and Moses, and that was about it. But he answered all the dumb questions I had, the good questions I had, and just taught me how to be a godly man. And, and we need student ministry because there's students like that. There's yeah, students dude. that don't have that family dynamic, and we need to be on the front lines and give them a place to belong as they walk through some of life's biggest questions and trials. Nice. Well said, Josh. That's why you work here. Good I was going to say, like, <laughs> gosh, that was so eloquent. No wonder he works here. Jeez. Now, I find it interesting. I love church history, and, and I really like Jonathan Edwards. Mm. And there's a biography written by a man named George Marsden, uh, Jonathan Edwards, A Life, that re- really details some of the aspects of his ministry and his first revival. Uh, and he talked about how it began with young people. And how Jonathan Edwards, though much of his ministry was focused on adult uh, adult preaching and, and his sermons and all of that stuff, uh, he really had a heart for young people, you know, people in their teens and whatnot. And he started um, having these small, what you'd call kind of like, I hate to say youth ministry, uh, because I think it was so premature. I think you can trace youth ministry back to young life in like the... 40s or 50s or whatnot, but uh, he started having these small group gatherings with just of these teenagers and maybe people in their early 20s to study the Bible, and um, and and it started this huge revival where actually the adults 
thought it was so cool that they started meeting together in small groups and doing Bible studies instead of um, going around town and, uh, in the words of the biography, frolicking around town. <laughs> they were gathered uh, of, of studying it and just reading about about this and how interesting it could be um, of just really focused. This Edwards had this passion for the young people, and that's where some of the revivals started breaking out when they caught the gospel and investing in them, holding Bible studies. And he would uh, preach and teach on situations that they was interesting to them. So, like, he would teach a lot of the Song of Songs for the kids at times, you know, the teenagers and whatnot. And so uh, getting people a passion for God's Word and knowing Jesus and uh, and whatnot. So, so it was really significant. And you can look back, like you said, Jesus' own words. You can look back throughout the Old Testament and uh, you see these intergenerational things where it just it fails, you know what I mean? So, okay. So how should churches support a youth ministry, Josh? Um, to support a, a student ministry, youth ministry, uh, for some people to, to answer this question is go and serve in your student ministry. If you have a concern for the students at your church or just the, the next generation in general, and you want them to know Jesus and grow in their faith, become a leader. Mm. Like, like they, they need you. They need your experience and your wisdom and, and, and your life experience because you've already walked through this and, and they need you to pour into their lives. And it, it doesn't really matter what age you are. I think about our church here and our student ministry. I have a leader who is in her 50s. I have a leader who's in her 40s. I have some in their 30s, 20s. And we have two senior high girls that are investing in the middle schoolers and small group. So we have the the wide range of all these people. There are married couples, single people, college kids, and even my wife, who has the two twins dragging around on a Thursday night. Everyone's involved. You have so much to bring to the table. So if you're called and able, I would say serve. Serve in your local student ministry. But maybe that isn't an option for you. Um, maybe that a certain situation, you just don't feel like God's calling you to do that. I think even engaging them outside of the youth ministry on a Sunday morning at other church events, if you're an adult in your church and saying, hey, I'm praying for you, I, I want to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. One of the sweetest people I've met at our church is a, a woman named Laura. Laura mm. is just the sweetest lady, loves the Lord so much. And she doesn't serve in the student ministry, uh, but what she does is she has taken some of our young girls out to lunch and she has invested in them, encouraged them, and, and just talking to some of our high school girls about the times where Laura has taken them to lunch and how empowering it was for them and how impactful it was. And not only her, there's a group of older ladies at our church uh, last year during the middle of when COVID was really, really bad. All of our schools were kind of shut down and virtual, and a lot of our students were just isolated. And there was a group of older ladies at our church that wanted to serve the high school girls by just writing letters to them, saying, hey, we love you. We're praying for you. We're, we just want to encourage you in, in the Lord. And it was just a small thing like that. I love our church because... Everyone wants to get involved in the next generation. We really care about the next generation. Or maybe you're listening to this and you are uh, the senior pastor at your church. One thing, uh, I'm not trying to get brownie points here again, but one thing <laughs> I do love about not only Pastor Mark and uh, our elders is they're always empowering us who are working with the next generation. They're always encouraging us, telling us we're doing a good job, even when we might not feel like we are. And they, they let us try out some of our ideas. Um, and that's how you can kind of support your local youth pastor as he dives into youth ministry. Uh, another way is, if those ways you can't support, uh, is financially. We here at the Lakes, we take students on missions trips and camps. And there are students where, or there's families where they're sending two, three, four kids to some of these camps, depending on the size of the family. 
I mean, you're, that's a lot of money that you're trying to get for your student to go. And we think it's so important. So sponsoring a child who has a big family or has a financial hardship, sponsoring that child uh, to have them go to uh, a camp or a mission trip where their lives will be impacted um, in, in, in that sense. So it takes all kinds of shapes and forms, but you can support the students and the student ministry at your church in all types of ways, and it's just really worth it. Good. Yeah, I started as a youth pastor. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, cut my teeth there. Loved it. Um, and I remember in our youth group, I would hate to say revival, but um, we had a ton of kids who were coming in and, and hearing God's word for the first time in their lives. Yep. And you had a great organization, Young Life. Um, and some, and I don't know why people debate these things, by the way, like, oh, youth ministry is not biblical. Like, uh, what, what, you know, we, we were investing in people, like you said, in, in your church, maybe you don't have a youth group, but you're, you should be investing in discipling the next generation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Lauren McAlpine's whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, um, I remember going to one of the local schools for a Bible study to, to help out with the young life thing. The young life and leader invited me and in. I used to do Bible studies at schools with the, some of the kids too. And we're going in the school and walking with the guys like, Oh yeah, we get to come in early. I was like, cool. And so the kids were all in their hallway and I all, like, it was like 40 of the kids I knew. And the guy's like, man, you know more kids here than I do. <laughs> and he's like, what, how do you, what are you doing? I was like, you're just having a youth group studying the Bible. And we weren't what well, we had fun. Don't get me wrong. I think you should be fun, but it was like we got into the word. We were preaching the gospel, mm-hmm. and it was just a cool. It was a cool experience, you know. And and these kids could come and see. And I still have relationships with a lot of those kids today, uh, over 12, 13 years ago. And so it's, it's I, th- I think it's valuable. I think it's important. That's why we hired you. Yeah. Um, and by the way, we almost didn't hire you. <laughs> I should have said that at the intro. Oh man. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, I remember no. when you first interviewed. When you know, and youth ministry is great. It's great where you get um, to serve and. I think it's a good way to start in ministry, learn, mature, grow. It's a good thing. Um, but I remember when we first interviewed you, you were on a Zoom interview and you had a flat build, Cleveland Indians hat on. It was early and I was like, who shows up to an interview, even if it's Zoom with a hat on, flat brim? And I was like, not hiring this guy. You know what? You were right. But to give myself grace, I was in the Grand Canyon at 5 a.m. I, I, I missed. I know. I, it was my fault. I, you're right. <laughs> it all worked out, but God's grace. Yes. Anyhow, it worked See, out. Kyle used to make fun of me for showing up to my interview at Doxa in a three-piece suit. Oh, nice. and everyone else was in like t-shirts and jeans. <laughs> and I was just like, dude, I I was brought up. You know, you dress for success. You yeah. know what I mean? We are on the complete opposite yeah, sides man. of the spectrum. That's man. okay. You're I, on the right side. Though. I still really like you. It's good. Thanks, John. But yeah, so back to your point about you know volunteering for youth ministry, Josh. One of the things that I love so much about, you know, being a worship leader is getting involved in the youth band, you know, raising up those young leaders who, you know, obviously have a passion for music. Maybe God's, you know, blessed them with a particular instrument or whatever. And Mm -hmm. similarly to, you know, the way a lead pastor can pour into, you know, a youth pastor, you know, a, a director of worship, for example, can pour into the youth band to build up those um, those future leaders in the church. And I think it's awesome. I mean, you made the point earlier, Mark, about, um, you know, having people that you used to mentor as a youth group that you still have a relationship with today. And I mean, I remember little itty bitty Ethan Riley, you know, who's like three years old. No, he had to have been older than that. Maybe five. The first time I met him, his dad was our youth pastor. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, I'm still walking with Ethan today. That's cool, man. He's he's probably like seven inches taller than me and <laughs> could smash me like a pancake. But like, 
This dude's got a heart for ministry, loves the Lord. He's all right at guitar. He's getting better. <laughs> but like, you know, he's just, I don't know, man. I just, I love the relationships that God, you know, puts in your lap, especially with youth ministry. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's fantastic. Yep. Sure. Yeah. And and there's a lot to talk about because, again, we don't want youth ministry to qualify this to say a hangout for youth just to do. Absolutely not. And it should be fun. Don't get me wrong. You, uh, there's things that are, that are fun. It should be good. Your kids should want to come to it. Mm-hmm. But they're gathering together with some of their like-minded people and they're right. meeting people from their school and they can invite their friends to hear the gospel. I think it's just a great, great opportunity, great thing there. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really important to invest in the next generation. Do you guys still do happy shakes? I have no idea what that is. I, yeah, wait. I'm not even sure what that is. What is that? I don't even want to bring it up. All right, okay. I will, but... It was something disgusting. Oh, is that when you put all the stuff in the blender? Oh, yeah. yeah, We call it the blender of doom. Oh, no. The blender of doom. Yeah, we call it uh, Happy Shake because you get a McDonald's Happy Meal, throw it in a blender, and go to town. That's the first one we did. So gross. gross, dude. That is is gross. Speaking of which, I have a horrible gag reflex. And this was like probably 13 years ago. Uh, I was a youth pastor and made really some really dumb decisions. <laughs> Nothing unbiblical about it. <laughs> sure. But one time we had the kids take their sock off and put oh. a, a oh. pop through it. Oh my gosh, what's wrong with you? And then you? they had to drink it. But then at the last minute, I had them trade socks with some <laughs> of the people. It was, it was awesome. But anyhow, and you might as well give them like a like a shoe. You yeah. shoot the boot, man. Probably, That's uh, awful. Probably probably wouldn't fly today. But Goodness. Hey, it was, yeah, they still talk about it. All right. Um, <laughs> but more than that, though, I got to preach the gospel and see it and. Uh, so, Josh, talk about this. What, what does a healthy youth ministry look like? Because we, as we're talking about this idea, and you know, there's a lot of unhealthy. There's gonna be a lot of unhealthy paradigms and other unhealthy things out there. But what does a healthy youth ministry look like? Yeah, a healthy youth ministry. Um, I, there's plenty of things that make up what it is, um, and I just jotted a few down. What I thought, and they're not in order of importance by any means. Uh, just put a, a few key, uh, key things about uh, effective student ministry. First one is it's just an environment of belonging. Um, in youth ministry and just in the world in general, you're going to have a bunch of different types of people. You have students who don't talk. You have students that talk too much. You have students that play sports. You have students that play instruments. You have students that sit on their phone the whole time. You have a wide-ranging uh, types of students. And, and we want to create a place where all types of kids, no matter who they are, have a seat at the table, and they're always welcome here. They're, they're, it's a place where they don't feel judged. We want it to be like a sanctuary almost, like the best part of your week. When you're struggling, when you're going through things, man, oh, I got youth group on Thursday. I want to be there because I feel like I belong. It's a place where um, they feel like they belong, but they also know that there's other people like them, that there's other Christians in their school, especially for kids that are in the public school system right now. And, and especially big schools, we have a lot of big schools around us, knowing that there's kids in Wald Lake Central and Wald Lake Northern and West Bloomfield High School that believe the same things I do, that want to follow Christ, that want to obey him. So I think it's important to have an environment uh, where kids feel like they belong. Uh, second thing is uh, students serving in the ministry and in, in church in general. Um, I, I like what you said, John, about you were kind of discipling that Ethan guy uh, and having him, uh, you know, learn all that stuff. We, we have a guy who's a senior uh, in our high school who leads the worship here on uh, Thursday nights for youth group. And we have a couple girls that sing. We have kids in the tech booth during youth group. And one of the things we've added this new year, which I really love, is right before I come up and teach, I have one of the students come up, open up the Bible and read the whole scripture 
of what we're talking about to the whole crowd of kids. That's great. And that, I mean, I think back when I was a high schooler, I would have been terrified to do that. Oh, absolutely. But these kids come up and they, they do it and they love it. And it's just an easy way to get them serving. But also we have a thing called Youth Sunday. We do it once a year. Um, and we have students up on stage singing on our Sunday morning services. They're up in the tech booth working, doing slides, all that stuff. It's a really cool service. Um, it's awesome to see. It, it is a great service. I, I love it. I love it. Mark lets me preach. It's, it's pretty cool. I do. I do. <laughs> we used to do that growing up where, where the youth group essentially would take over. I remember playing the drums in front of a bunch of old people in the congregation. <laughs> they were not happy about it. But. Really? That's a man. That's one of our church's favorite services. Yeah. Cause you get to see all the youth up there. Singing, I love it. Worshiping. I think God. it's great. I mm-hmm. love it too. And I love, I think it's really important to invest in the next generation. So I don't think I've ever said no to you for anything you've asked yet. No, yeah. no, you haven't. I said, that's probably not a good idea. That probably will fail, but you can learn from it. <laughs> you won't get fired. Josh, you, should, you should get a nacho cheese dispenser or something. Uh, that, cool. Hey, that'd hey. be sweet. Nothing yeah. bad, but you know, as you process those things, <laughs> yeah. so it'll give you opportunities. And, uh, I had to claw for mine when I was a youth, youth pastor um, but then I, when I got him, the, the lead pastor invested. So I want to make sure that we can have that here at the lakes. And you do that. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are good things. Healthy youth ministry, right? I love that. We we want the word as the center. That's that's it. We're not just doing gatherings, but it should be fun. Like you said, I want to go. And I've seen in our church a lot of kids who were kind of, I hate to say fringe, but who were kind of dragged to church by their parents uh, or their grandparents. I'm thinking of a couple kids mm-hmm. and who really have made deep connections in the youth group and who are growing spiritually and who have met Jesus Christ because of that. And so I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what are some struggles? For, for students in, in ministry right now? No, or, no, no. What are struggles for youth ministry? Oh, struggles for youth ministry. Or you could say students, but like what are some of the struggles with it? Um, I, th- I think addressing, you know, the topics of the day and, and doing it in a very biblical, but also loving way. Um, there's students are struggling with a lot right now, um, in the world here today. I've only been out of high school for about eight or nine years right now. And I I think back how much things have changed at least been magnified. Uh, students are struggling with anxiety and depression. Like that's an obvious thing right now. I mean, there's been a handful of students, even in this past six months who've met here at the church with me or over lunch, just saying, I'm anxious all the time. I'm depressed. I don't. I don't know what to do to to stop that. And my heart hurts for them because this time in their lives is such a hard one. Trying mm-hmm. to figure out who you are in in your middle school and high school age in the midst of the last two years of isolation and virtual school, not being able to see your friends. It's so difficult. Um, and also, I don't think the culture's helping us when it comes to this either. Uh, this is like the first generation of kids that have no experience with a cell phone except for a smartphone. Like when I was in high school till my senior year, I had a flip phone. Like I got my first iPhone two or whatever it was. Now it's like iPhone 45 or something like that. Um, but there's no flip phones. There's no, it's, it's direct, just nonstop entertainment all the time. And we've given this, this generation the free reign to the internet and, and free reign to all these phones. And we wonder why are they insecure, anxious, and depressed all right. the time? And it's not the only reason, but it's a driving force. So one of the things we try to stress to the students is there's a direct correlation between how you feel and the amount of time that you're spending on your phone and on your devices. It's not the only thing, but there's a direct correlation to it. And I remember one of the first weeks I was here, I made a challenge to our students I want you for one week to have less than one hour of screen time on your phone. Like, you know, you can go on the settings, check your screen time. 
And I think like one or two kids did it. And hey, that's hard for adults to do. Like, I mean, if you're a, a student doing that, that's awesome. But I remember one of the girls in our youth group, she showed me her phone and it said that she averaged 11 hours of screen time per day, like an, an average. And like you think about how many hours are we awake? 16 hours a day. You're spending 11 on your phone. Like that's crazy. No wonder we're depressed. No wonder we're anxious. And I, I think trying to combat those things is definitely a struggle. Just stressing God's love for them, stressing his sovereignty, that he's good. He's for you. And he works all things out for, uh, for our good. But also some of the other things that I think kids are struggling with, and it's, it's hard in youth ministry to talk about these things, is the, the idea of the, the questions of gender and sexual identity. Yeah. Um, I heard a stat of Gen Z adults, which the years of generations, they ebb and flow. Like it's, I think it's 1998 to 2012 is Gen Z. One in five of kids who are in Generation Z, when they turn 18, they, they identify as LGBTQ. So 20% of Gen Z adults are LGBTQ. And there's a good way and a bad way of approaching this topic. And, and there's a lot of negative things that can happen when you address this topic. Um, so po- some people might just leave it alone, but we, we don't want to do that. We want to be on the front lines. We want to talk about these identity issues in a biblical way, right. uh, a gospel-centered way, but a loving way as well. So we're firm on God's truth for uh, his design for sexuality and gender, but we don't just teach, hey, be better morally for the sake of being moral. We teach them, hey, believe in the gospel. Let mm-hmm. God change your Amen. heart. Amen. And, uh, and that, that will all be good there. And also there's this generation of, uh, post-Christian and atheism and agnostics rising. I heard a stat the other day that in Gen Z adults, uh, atheism is double more than any other age group. So the percentage of Gen Z adults that identify as, as atheists is double any other age group, boomers, millennials, whatever. And why is this atheism rising? So we, we, we address those topics, like the, the hard questions that students have. Uh, we had a, a sermon series last spring, you know, why does God, why does a loving God send people to hell? Mm-hmm. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do young people die? Why are there natural disasters? Just, just stuff like that that students really think through when it comes to their idea of God, their concept of God, and how it relates to them. So some, those are some of the things that students are struggling with right now and what we do to try to combat those things. Mm, love it. That's good. And yeah, identity issues are huge. It's huge in our culture and everywhere right now. Um, yeah. And finding our identity in Christ. And pastors, we need to have that too. Yeah. You can find your identity in success or how you perform. Uh, but yeah, that's huge. I love it. Um so you think about this, you know, these, some of these healthy youth ministry, you know, word-centric, Christ-centered, uh, fun, community-driven uh, struggles you deal with. What about uh, reaching kids whose parents don't come to church? Now, when I was a youth pastor, we had quite a few of those. And one of the kids, this kid named Andrew, um, came in kind of with this quasi-understanding of you got to be good and God will love you. And I was like, no, it's not right. (laughs) But in a gentle way, like, you know, like while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you and you got to believe. And he's like, what? I just have to believe. Mm -hmm. He's like, okay, I want to do that. And so he came to faith in Christ. He actually graduated from Moody Bible Institute a little while ago. Um, And his mom got connected in the church. It was cool to see. um, It's awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so what about reaching kids whose parents don't come to church? Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Yeah, I think when when you're talking about kids that, you know, they they don't have any background in church, they don't come to church, I think being where they are is very, very important. And and 
when you're where they're at, it shows them that you care. And and no one, there's an old saying, no one's going to care what you have to say unless they know you care. And that relates to all students. But I think um, when we are out at places, maybe with our students, but we bring another student along that isn't in the church. Like if we're going out, go take someone out to lunch, go putt-putting, go watch a movie, but go to their sporting events. That's huge. That's a huge thing because you get to meet kids that don't come to your youth group, that don't come to church, and you get to build relationships with them. And maybe they ask questions about, hey, I know that my buddy goes to your youth ministry. What's it all entail? Or they ask their friends that. And that creates a connection and and trying to reach those students. We have plenty of students in our youth group where their parents don't really come to our church or don't come to our church at all, but they come here every single week. This is kind of their church. And we we try to filter them in on Sunday mornings as well, Uh, but at least it's a start. Well, real quick, I remember when I was, again, a long time ago, years ago, (laughs) when I was a youth pastor, I remember going to kids' games. It was kind of radical. I hate to say radical, but... um, it, you know, people didn't really do that that much. And I remember going to kids' games and be like, man, I don't want to go to this. I can't watch another horribly played basketball game. <laughs> <laughs> and, but going and, and, and the kids seeing me and so excited I was there, but me, making a relationship with the parents. Yep. And they're like, wow, you came. They were invested. This is so cool. And getting to know them. Mm-hmm. And and again, you know, they're, they're youth group at best, what, two, three hours a week, maybe if they come to your small groups. But you can invest in the parents. And really, you are part. It's like a um, a compliment to their parenting. I want kids to invest in my ki- I want people to invest in my kids' lives. I want other parents. We have friends who do that. Mm-hmm. And it's great to, have, you know, to build those relationships. So that's huge. Yeah. It's funny you say that. I, I feel like... The Lord has blessed the things like you said, like, you know, when you don't necessarily want to go to that thing. I feel like the Lord has blessed those relationships specifically when I haven't really wanted to go to that thing. I remember when I first came here at the lakes, there was a a single mom and she has a, a son who wasn't really involved in the student ministry, wasn't really involved in church. And she called me and said, hey, we would love for you to come over and just to to meet our son and just to, I don't know, play basketball with him, whatever. I mean, he's in high school, so it's not like I'm coming yeah. over to meet like a 10-year-old kid who wants to play board games or something. And I remember I went over there, and it was a little awkward at first, like, and I wasn't really looking forward to it because I just thought it was going to be awkward. And we ended up going outside and playing basketball, and I probably was one for 30 on my – I was shooting up bricks, you know. I'm not very good at basketball. but And I, I left there thinking, man, that was kind of awkward. And I remember like two weeks later, he wanted to meet up and we started working out together. And now we meet like once a month going out to lunch and stuff like that. We have this awesome relationship that we've built and he actually starts coming to youth group now. And it's those moments where you think, ah, this is going to be awkward. It's going to be awkward that I go to this game. It's going to be awkward that I go to this event. But God blesses those things Mm -hmm. and builds great relationships out of them. All right. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Reaching. Any other thoughts there on reaching kids who don't come to church? Parents come to church, what that looks like? Um, I, I think that's about it. Yeah. I think just being where they are intentionally going out there and doing that stuff. I think it's important. Okay. Well, I have one last question real quick here. What if people are listening and their church doesn't have a youth group or they want to renew their youth group or transform it because sometimes it can just fall off the wayside or it's just not efficient or effective. What does that look like to start for start one and then renew it? Yeah, I think I think starting or renewing a new student ministry in your church is definitely it's a whole different animal. It, it really is, and uh, it's a hard endeavor, but it's well worth it. I actually have a little bit of experience in this. When I was nineteen, I got uh, 
the call to be a youth pastor uh, <laughs> at a church plant in Columbus, Ohio. So much experience. So much experience. <laughs> I was like two years older than some of the students I was leading. Ouch. <laughs> and, uh, but it was, it was awesome. It was, it was a cool experience. It was a hard experience just learning some of this stuff. Um, but I look back on it. I'm very thankful for it. And the first thing I would say in my whole experience of this is pray. I know that's a very cliche thing to say. Not at all. But hey, go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we need you. Bring people into this. We need mm-hmm. you to, to what, save what's, people. What's one of our core values here? Power prayer. Oh, baby. We practice that, right? We do. Amen. We do. Power prayer. We Amen. do, for sure. So praying about it is so important. Um, but also the second thing I, I would have is get parent buy-in. Um, that can be, hey, I'm taking this parent out to dinner or meeting, having them over for dinner, saying, hey, we're looking to start this. We really want your trust. We really want you uh, to have your student involved. We want you to be involved in this as well. Um, and having parent meetings before you start that kind of stuff. Um, another thing is getting involved in the community. So when I started this youth ministry, guess how many kids I had? Three. One. <laughs> I had one student. He was a sixth grade boy. And uh, uh, he was an awesome, awesome kid. And, uh, but we had one kid, so we had, and it was the only kid, only kid six or 12 in the whole entire church. So we had to build upon that. So what I did is I had to go out in the community. I became a wildlife leader, which is like the middle school version of young life. Uh, and just did that and met a bunch of kids at the local schools, went out and played disc golf with them and went to waffle house and did a bunch of awesome things. And then I became a middle school baseball assistant coach, uh, just, I played baseball in high school, so taught him a little bit of what I knew, which is just a little bit, uh, and just tried to invite him to church and get him to come to youth group and also just volunteering any place that you can. Um, another thing we've talked about previously is just being present, going where they go, going to sporting events, going, uh, bringing them to concerts, going to orchestra things, just being there where students are is important. And lastly, this is an important one, is be consistent. And what I mean by that is if there's one student that shows up to your youth group, you have youth group. There, there were times in my mind where that same one student would show up to youth group and I would say, uh, should we just go to Dairy Queen or should we just call it off for this week? There's only one kid that showed up, but that's one kid that you get to invest in. So being consistent with that, no matter what, if there's one kid you meet and you just build upon that. Nice. Yeah. When I started youth pastor, actually there was John, hit it on the nose for my, you didn't know this, but I had three kids. In Did the you? Youth. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. It was actually a larger church too. And only three kids that was just in shambles. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I was hustling and investing and going and taking kids out, getting little families. And then after I was there for like, I think it was four, five months, six months, it went from three to five. And <laughs> hey, <laughs> praying, it's growth, man. Yeah. And, 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 but I was like, all right, I'm living my faith. I'm trusting God. I'm, I'm doing everything that I should be doing investing in these kids, investing in families and parents, wanting to partner with parents, all of these aspects. And I remember uh, my um, um, manager at the time or the guy who was over me said, hey, you're doing, we can see you're hustling, but if this stays the way, we can't really keep you on. Um, this <laughs> is kind of, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, fresh out of college, about to get married in two months. Yeah. What a great meeting, you know, but like you're doing great. We think you're all, you know, you're doing great at these things. We see all this stuff, but really we, it's just, we're not even sure if we're going to uh, keep this for youth ministry. 
And then I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to commit this to the Lord. And God, if you want this to work, let it work. And then it was probably a month later. It was like just, I hate to say, I, can't, I hate to say revival, but it was like just this new kids were coming in, getting saved, not, not only from our church, but from outside. And, uh, you know, the Lord blessed that. And so, um, and, and just staying consistent, that's good. So consistently awesome. caring and investing in the next generation. Yeah, the Lord blesses that. He's faith- When you're faithful to him, he'll be faithful to you. Amen. And he's still faithful to us, even when we're not faithful. That's very true. According to 1 Timothy. Very true. All right, Josh, great to have you on the show. Any last thoughts? Uh, No, just very thankful for you guys having me on here. Uh, It's just awesome to be here. All right, my man, you're doing a great job. Keep it up. Appreciate it. Love working with you. This is really what we're going to do for all of the lake staff. This is is pretty much like your yearly review. (laughs) You just have to come on the podcast and... (laughs) <laughs> you, have to, you have to make the case for your ministry. Did I pass? You did. We'll see. We'll oh. see. How oh, well, hold on. So Mark's playing hardball. How many I'm people, good cop. Mark's bad cop. Yeah. How many people view it? <laughs> how many people true. listen? I'm joking. I'll get, I'll get all those ratings up for you. Yeah. Stop it. Have your entire youth group listen, and then that'll get those ratings up. <laughs> yeah, man. You're there secure. You Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. All right. So I'm going to sign off here. Friends, Stream Roots is a production of Barnabas Ministries. You can learn more at Barnabas Ministries, MI. Dot org. That's Barnabas Ministries MI. Dot org. Uh, we'd encourage you to rate this podcast or, or tell a friend, share it, so we can get the word out. We release an episode every Monday morning. Stream roots drop, drawing deep from the living water of God's word.